0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, welcome to the Full Blast Podcast. I'm Jeff Fader, and let's just get into it. I'm so excited. I have a good buddy of mine. Her name is Jessie Ueta. I got it right, right?
1: Oh, that was amazing.
0: So, she is an incredible person. I met her, she came to my shop uh, last year with uh, Moonshine Metalworks, Alex Pohl, and Joe. She was, dri- she was driving them from, um, she was driving to the airport. She is such i I've been following her for a long time, and she is such a wonderful person in the maker community. She does these incredible DIY videos, she's a great YouTuber, she alongside of her brother do these really great YouTube videos. That are very approach approachable for most people, and I'm super pumped. And thank you for joining me.
1: Absolutely, my pleasure.
0: It's super cool. <laughs> so, so you know, the funny thing is, I was doing a lot of research on you. Watched all your videos. Your vlogs are great. I hope you do more of those. And I had all these I had all these questions before I watched your videos. I wrote them all down, and I started watching your vlog, and I started crossing off the questions, because (laughs) there's no need for this to be an origin story, because you've answered everything on your vlogs, Uh, the two different color Converse shoes, and this and that, and the other thing, and the poop house, we're going to talk about the poop house, but what have you been, what's been going on in your world recently?
1: Recently, well, um, just like everyone's world, it's been weird, but um, I think that, in my world not really a lot has changed because other than the fact that i'm known to go on a road trip now and again yeah i am an extreme homebody i don't like to leave the house if i don't have to and i am extremely (laughs) non-social in my personal life so being housebound was just kind of normal for me so i've been really fortunate like in the past few months and then having the opportunity to Go to the poop house and work on it by myself. You know, right. like nothing really stopped or slowed down for me. It was just a general feeling of uneasiness.
0: So, for our listeners, Jess is has this is an incredible story. And actually, this this whole project has made me very uneasy, only because it's so it's so monstrous. So, Jess works alongside her brother Ben, and they have a they do a YouTube channel. And then they he's a designer. He's an He architect he does these, they do, they both work together and they do these beautiful DIY projects and this, and and tell us what this DIY project is.
1: Yeah. So, um, I've worked with Ben and lived with him for about five years now. And, uh, it, it's great because he is incredibly intelligent. He is extremely motivated and he's just, he gets so much done. Right. Um, where I'm like, I wouldn't really say lazy because it's not really in a bad way, but I'm more detail oriented than he is. And I'm like, right. I want to think things through before I do them. And he's like, no, I'll just get them done. So we do complement each other well, but we also are opposing forces at times. So um, I came up with the idea a couple years ago and I said, hey, Ben, what if you bought me a house and I just like fixed it up? Like it could be anywhere literally in the world. I don't care. Like I don't. I don't ever leave the house anyway. So it doesn't matter where it is. It could be, you know, in the middle of the country where it's just you know beautiful land and a tiny little old house. Like it. It doesn't matter. Just as long as the there's a little bit of property. Um, the house is small enough to be manageable for me, who does not know what they're doing. And as long as it's in need of some reparation, because I don't want just like something that just was pushed out of a mold and all I need to do is right, you know, right, right. put new window dressings on it. Right, <laughs> yeah. And so he was like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. Um, like, I'll think about it. And then two years later, he's like, oh, so I think I found a house for you. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. And he's like, yeah, let's, let's take a drive and go see it. And so out in Joshua Tree in the California desert, He drives me to this piece of property it's two and a half acres excellent and on it is a house that's about 700 square feet which is excellent again um the only thing is that so before it was abandoned for several years and had squatters in it um the previous owner was a bit of a hoarder not like anything too extreme but definitely had hoarding tendencies and uh definitely had a lot of interest um so a lot of like (laughs) hobby interests so there was just all kinds of stuff there so this was the property that he was like very excited to show me and and uh my my initial reaction was just kind of like um i don't want this Mm -hmm. (laughs) try again it was like maybe five minutes where i'm just like this is i mean the house is not in good condition um and it's everything was just covered in garbage and there were piles of clothes and the the rats had made so many nests in there that it was extremely intense there's mold all in the bathroom there was carpet in the bathroom it was just like my my first reaction was more of I can't do this this is so much more than I had bargained for but um after that first five minutes of panic was over it's like you know what there's no reason why I can't do this. I don't have a time limit. This is just for me. Um, yeah, I can totally do this. And so I said, well, you know, why not? And he's like, okay, um, well, let's sign some papers. <laughs> so,
0: so he it was very clear that he wasn't trying to get you a dream home. He wanted to put yes. you in a position of uncomfort- being uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, and, like, I didn't realize he wanted me to be that uncomfortable. But yeah. you know no, what? Clearly. I, I thrive on being uncomfortable.
0: That's it. That's right. That's the bet. Ba- <laughs> there's some there's some expression uh about learning how to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations so i it brings me to the point where i wonder you know i just i've listened to podcasts that you've been on and people talk about your whole family i know that you have two brothers and and a sister i know that ben is a designer and an architect and he's this you know incredible force of nature in terms of diy i know your other brother and his wife built a house down in argentina by themselves. I know that you said that your sister is a creative too. You the three the four of you are very very creative. And I know that you've said in the past, wow, my parents aren't that creative. Or they don't do they, you know, they they just got us tools and stuff. But I I believe there has to have been a spark when you were younger to push all of you in this direction of feeling satisfaction with making something. And I say this because I think that you'll be, you know, you'll think this is funny, but you and I have a lot of similarities in terms of the fact that both my sisters were sculptors and painters, and I grew up in a in a household where, you know, my father's a painter. My father was a, a you know musician, not really, but he was a creative guy, and he, I was like exposed to it at such a young age that I it was in, it was inconceivable that I wouldn't make stuff. So when you were younger, what did your parents do?
1: Um, my dad worked for Raytheon for. 35-ish or so years. Um, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom because she homeschooled all of us. And, uh, like, both of my parents uh, are incredibly creative people. Right. And it's really interesting. Like, I, I always, whenever people ask me, like, oh, do, you, did you, like, do your parents make things or did they? And my first thought is always, I think, about my the ring that my dad wears as his wedding ring is a spoon handle ring that he made i don't know 40 50 years ago now <laughs> and the inside of it is all worn down cuz he's worn yeah. it for so many years but like to me um, like the idea of making things has has so many different connotations but that is always the first thing i think of because that's something that okay it's not furniture it's not a house it's not you know whatever but it's something that he has kept with him Right. on him like his yeah. entire life and to me that's what making is It's just it's the the ideas that you carry with you throughout your life and so my mom as as a a, a young person with four small children who all had uh big personalities
0: (laughs) you know what that means you know what that means we were all troublemakers (laughs) um she was always
1: trying to figure out like how do i keep all of my kids occupied all day long and like keep them from murdering each other basically Uh, so that was so much of her life as a homeschool mom is getting us out of the house we would We'd go out to parks and, or you know, just go on a hike and collect rocks and sticks and bring them home, and then we'd like match them up to the books that that um, that she had, where we could find out this leaf came from this tree. And then we'd go in the backyard and we'd build things. We there was a a tree that got cut down in our neighborhood, and we made a little log igloo, and then we collected palm fronds and covered it over. Um, my mom was never afraid of us being injured by doing things that were instructional right. so like well my cousins would like my my one cousin who's six months younger than i am i can remember going into the garage with her and i was like well let's just cut this piece of wood with this saw and she started to cry because she's like we're gonna get in trouble it's like no i do yeah. it all the time and she's like we're gonna hurt ourselves and i was like why would you do that like <laughs> yeah. why would you hurt yourself um we always had free reign over everything and climb up a tree and cut down a branch and then turn it into a bow and arrow. And like, this, these were just things that were normal for us. Um, and my, my mom and dad always encouraged it. And my mom's actually a really good artist. She she tends to say she's not because she right. grew up uh, with her best friend who is a really good artist. And so my mom was always like, oh, I'm not as good as she is. I'm like, that, it's not a comparison thing. <laughs> like you're a very talented artist. Um, And she used to she used to collect stones that were really smooth and she'd um, she'd either do calligraphy on them or write out a quote or do like a little, you know, little little scape of some sort. And like my dad still has rocks that she painted for him when they were in college.
0: I'm I've been thinking about this for a week. I've been trying to think, all right, I'm going to just we're going to figure this out. And I just figured it out. I figured it out. Hit me. It makes this, it makes a total sense, you know. I don't know, I mean, I wasn't homeschooled. I was, I went to private school. So, I, thank God, because I would I mean, it seriously, would've like the, it would've been like, it would've been like a murder scene in our house. The concept in my mind, and this is, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. The idea of homeschooling is the parents making the decision, we can do this ourselves. We can be self-reliant for the information that our children learn, and we can be self-reliant enough to get them prepared for their lives. So you're already establishing the sense of self-reliance, which always turns into, well, I can do this. Why don't we figure out how to do this? So it, they may not have been creative, but they had a, a sense of self-reliance. And I know that you said in one, there was one podcast I listened to, which wasn't, you did great, and I'll leave it there. The guys asked you, the guys asked you, what they they asked you about something and you said I like to make things that have function, like it has to be functional, because that's it's that's very important to me. So there's definitely this concept that you're a different type of maker. Where, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna suggest that you think that sculpture is frivolous or something like that. But I feel like in your heart you want to make something that has a degree of purpose for someone. But you learned all this from the self reliance from your family to say all right. We don't need the school district. We can make, we can get our kids ready for life by ourselves. What do you think?
1: 100% agree.
0: All right. I, I solved the problem. No <laughs> one be able to figure that out. That's where it comes from. And I would imagine that I would imagine, unless your, your parents were homeschooled, I would think that people who make the decision to homeschool their kids, especially, I know if I got a family up here, friends of mine who homeschool one kid, the idea of homeschooling four kids, four different ages is a monumental task of organization so i would think that that too helped you and your brother and your sister and your other brother to figure out how to build the things that you want to build because you have the sense of organization
1: yeah i mean uh we all have our own brand of organization because ben is actually extremely messy and people don't know that because he always builds in front of white walls but like just out of camera shot. It's just piles and piles of things. Um, But I I think, um, and I'm not saying that homeschooling is the answer for anything. It works really well for some people and it does not work at all for other people. And it's, you know, case by case basis. Of course. But uh, all four of us, really benefited from it and part of that was just because of my mom's attitude toward it it wasn't just like i'm going to take curriculum from a school and just teach it at home she was like no i'm going to teach all my kids in the way that they learn and have the the freedom to explore other things that aren't specifically reading writing and arithmetic you right. know um and it gave us time to focus on other things like um like Ben was extremely into sports and martial arts and then my sister and I both played music. Um, and then my oldest brother just got in trouble a lot. All right, <laughs> he was <fine>. a trailblazer. <laughs> fine, fine. These yeah. things
0: you can't it can't all be so you know, it can't all be, you know, glory. It has no, to be a no. little bit of problems. Yeah. But I would imagine that I would imagine that if your your mom especially gives you this it raises you in this way where it's like all right i want you to i want you to learn how to do stuff i want you to try stuff it gives you more of a from an early age a, a thirst I mean for lack of a better word it's just kind of cliche a thirst for learning things you know, and thirst for figuring stuff out because when I met you you just started getting into blacksmithing and you just had this you just love being involved with it and you're you're learning about leatherwork, and you're learning about construction and I feel like you're this sorry a glorious sponge of information and it's like I'm very envious of your Wanting to learn more because I'm now at the point now, 46 years old. I don't want to learn more. I'm like, I'm like, all right. Listen, you listen. You got to knock it off. Nobody, you kind of, you can't, you can't start learning how to engrave now. It's, you're, it's too much. You've done too much.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like um, the opportun opportunity to learn is is such a luxurious thing. Like yeah. I actually dropped out of college because I felt like I didn't have the time to just you know revel in learning things because I was working three jobs <laughs> you know so it's like I dropped out of school because I'm like that is that's like a treat that I don't deserve yet because I have to figure out how to support myself and then maybe I'll go back to school and just learn things forever that we and I hated we all had the a other lot students. of similar
0: sorry for interrupting we have <laughs> a lot of similarities because when I went to college I felt you' you're feeling this devotion to what's, what you deserve to learn or not I worked my ass off in college because I felt like if I didn't do a good job I'm taking someone's space that could have done a better job who wanted to be there more than I did so it's, it's very interesting that you say that because I'm convinced that there's a sense of empathy within you of like I gotta learn as much as I can so I can so I deserve to do this
1: yeah there's a um, you know there's a friend of mine who who is has always said to anyone who will listen uh, keep moving and get out of the way Right. And it's like, and both are equally important. You always keep moving. And even as you're moving, someone else might be moving faster. So get out of their way. Right. And like, I don't like to take up space. And um, as much as I like to learn things, like I will learn things no matter what. I'll do it on my own. It's what I've done in my entire life. If no one's there to teach me, I'll do it on my own. But at the same time, like the idea of like, oh, going and taking a class for something, it's like, I would love that, but also, what if someone else wants to do that? I know I'll figure out how to do it on my own. And it it definitely comes around and bites me in the ass sometimes um, because I know how to do things like 25% as well as I should. But, you know, I always figure it out in the end.
0: That's great. Well, I mean, I think that uh, that shows a part of the person that you are, especially being, I would imagine, especially being a child of four, I would imagine that there's a lot of, I mean, you know, narcissists, you know, real narcissists. Come from oh, I this know place? Yeah, no, no. I mean, I grew, I mean, narcissism Ooh. is like a huge part. Of, I mean, I will be talking about narcissism for the that that's a huge part of my life is being raised by narcissists. But when you're a child of four, I would imagine that there's especially when you're you know the parents are tending everybody that there's this sense of what about me? What about me? Well, I'm not getting the attention of my parents that I feel like I deserve. And what happens is that feeling at a very it's a seed that starts to grow into creating these you know ultimately uh, you know hopefully not but a, a narcissist into malignant narcissists which i'm i'm obsessed with because i had my that was a part of my growing up was being around people that would say what about me and it's what you know you said whatever you do it's what about me so i'm when you say that learn as much as you can and then and then move out of the way that shows a degree of empathy that makes me realize that you can't be a narcissist because if you have that empathy of let's let somebody else go forward, then that is the true sign of not being a narcissist. So congratulations.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, yeah that's something that I've actually I, I've been thinking about this steadily ever since I started um, working in the service industry, which was 20 years ago. Yeah. Um and be, just like, dealing with that many people who are doing their daily routine. Like, I'm at work, no matter whether it was at a coffee shop or working at daycares or the restaurant or any any of the jobs that I've done in the service industry. It's like, this is my job, but you're just going about your day doing your thing. And right. how you treat me is extremely telling of who you are as a person. And uh, so one thing that I always like to think about for myself is – I don't think I'm a narcissist, but I am very selfish. And I think that people have a really bad connotation of what selfish means because um, there's selfish. I'm selfish for my own betterment and not yeah. to anyone's detriment because that right. would make it narcissistic. Or It's like if I focus on me, put myself first, make sure I get enough sleep. I'm well fed. I've had enough caffeine, but not too much. Like I'm going to be a better person throughout my day and I'm going to treat everyone better because right. i've already treated myself well. So well, that's that's like my my thing. It's like, yes, i am selfish. I will put myself first and it makes my day and everyone else's day better.
0: But ultimately what that's not truly being. I mean, being, you know, when i was a kid, you you we i you know, i'd be called an egomaniac or an egotist <laughs> and i wasn't the word narcissism didn't come in t- until i was like really like in college and we kind of understood the psychology behind narcissism, but I, but I think that even when you say I'm getting my sleep so I can, that's actually that's actually not really that selfish because you're trying to be your best self so you can be you can be there to serve other people. Yeah, and I mean I'm it's not
1: altruistic because nothing it is really altruistic. is. altruistic. Nothing is altruistic. It doesn't exist.
0: What doesn't exist?
1: Altruism. All right. It's a concept, right. gonna, but it's not is, real. People, are
0: gonna, people turn the Scottian podcast. <laughs> I don't want to hear. I don't wanna hear <laughs> Welcome our to our
1: philosophy would... talk podcast.
0: Yeah. God dang. <laughs> um i'm p.s i will only curse one or two times on this is pg-13 because i want to make sure that your listeners re i I want them to be appreciate the fact that you're going to have a real conversation and i'm not going to screw it up with naughty language (laughs) but so back into because i was a i was in the restaurant business for quite some time so you were in the service industry what
1: did you do um so i worked um my, my main job in the service industry is, I worked at the same sushi restaurant for 13 years. Whoa. <laughs> yes, the same restaurant. Um, but I also, I worked at a coffee shop. Um, I worked, I did, um, yeah, I worked at a library, sorry. I'm blanking okay. on all the things I've done. Uh, yeah, so actually. Written,
0: done too much, You've done when, too much.
1: When I turned 15, the first thing I did was I went and got a work permit so that I could legally get a job and I could work at the library where I had been volunteering since I was eight. Wow! Look <laughs> yeah. at you. Yeah. So
0: tell me about the sushi restaurant. What did you do there?
1: Uh, I started out as a hostess, of course, because I had no serving experience, right. and I, I broke the record for the fastest move from hostess to server.
0: Nice. Um,
1: that's like like peak Jess, where I'm like, yes, I did well. And uh, I just, I loved it there. I don't particularly love working in the service industry because let's face it, people are the worst.
0: People are the worst. But
1: this restaurant, like, um, I just, my dad turned 70 two days ago. And um, so birthday. I took my dad and my mom to my restaurant because it's like, we've been eating there uh, for, I don't know, 20, 20 or more years. Um it's just it's a really great place um the owner is just a wonderful man and the general manager is basically my second mom um right he's like he's been amazing to me he totally took me in when i was just like working three jobs and going to f- school full time yeah. and like trying to commute from from like living with my parents down um uh, up in the san Ynez valley down to santa barbara and so like he gave me a key to his house and he's like this is where you live if you need to and so Super like cool. Yeah, um, it's just, it's it's like my second family. And uh, when I left the restaurant uh, to move to Boston and work with Ben, one of my sushi chefs who I had worked with the entire time, like he just started crying and he goes, you're like the restaurant's baby. Like you grew up here. And it's so true. Cause That's I, wor- the best. I worked there from the age of 18 to 31. <laughs> like,
0: That's the best.
1: That is, that is so much growing up. <laughs> you no, know, I tell
0: you what, I tell you what, that those are the kind of, i hate i was in the restaurant business for quite a while my business partner tony was uh was in the restaurant business and he does a podcast on the bakery network called overseas which is a lot of fun we both hate the restaurant industry but when you hear stories like this that is the kind of thing that like I, I, when you find someone who really wants to be there for a long time and it just really grows with the, you create that family environment which is incredible all right so here's your sushi question what's what do you eat sushi yes okay What's your favorite sushi roll?
1: Sushi roll? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, I think that my favorite roll is actually futomaki, which is
0: oh, the big one.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I like mean, depending one. on how you make it, depending but it, it's right. also something that it's not like it's not fancy food, right. but it's also something that my mom uh, used to make when we were kids. And she would yeah. make it for us, um, and and I always loved it, uh, and. I I think it's funny because like my, my sister actually, she didn't eat sushi. For a really long time, like my dad is a, is an incredible fisherman, right. and um, he would go and catch like yellowtail and bluefin and albacore, bring it back, fillet it up. We'd have sashimi feast. This is just in our house wow. growing up, and my sister was like, "I'll have yogurt." Um, yeah. And so it wasn't until I started working it's... at my restaurant that she started eating there because it's like a fun, trendy restaurant. Right, right. And then now she's like eating raw scallops like it's nothing. It's amazing. Yeah. Um,
0: Japanese food is my favorite my I grew up my dad used to take me to Japanese places there was this famous Japanese place uh, in Manhattan and he used to take me to we used to eat like maybe every other week and it was my favorite food and the and the head it, it was yakitori tempura uh, sushi it was in one this main this main uh space and the every every session section was tiered so it was like this almost like this theater so it was a grill guy there was a the salad guy there was the you know the whole kitchen all these different layers And the sushi guy, he loved it, he would talk baseball with me when I was a kid. And I didn't, I didn't really, when I was really young, he was talking, we talked about the Yankees. And then when I was really young, I didn't like anything. He said, he said to me, I know what he's going to like. And he made me chicken zucchini. You know what chicken zucchini is? No, I don't. It's a, it's a chicken, grilled chicken meatball.
1: Oh, yes, I do know what it is. I I I might have probably pronounced
0: it incorrectly, but... That's the way it's I'm it not is. really
1: <laughs> Japanese. Hi, me neither. Lord have mercy. I'm a
0: Jewish kid from the upper east side. I know all about it. I know all about it. You're lucky I even got chicken, right? So so but it was this like it was like a bur it was like a chicken burger and I and I started to learn about it more. It was like a meatball, but it was like with chicken meat and, and a lot of panko and an egg and um, flour and it was grilled and then they had the, the kind of um, teriyaki sauce on top. But it was this great experience because these, these they, I felt like this was the, my first service experience as a child, where I thought this got, these people actually care about me. They really right. care. They're like, they're not like order from the menu, kid. They're like, I got something this kid's gonna love, and it's true. And I and it was uh, and then they had another thing, they got me to eat. They had me hook, line, and sinker. They 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 gave me what they referred to as samurai rice balls, but the real word is is uh, onigiri. Onigiri, yeah. So I didn't say it right, but you, we've gotten past that. So we, the trick to me- speaking
1: Japanese is you just have to speak it quickly and with confidence, and you will never mispronounce it. So yeah, the less you understand it. the word, the faster you say it.
0: <laughs> I, I, you, I would imagine so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna believe you. But I like, I like my weird sing song nonsense. <laughs> so it sounds much, sounds much more.
1: You sound yeah, very wanna, New York.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. So he used to make, they used to make chicken zucchini, and then it's, they called it, they called it just to make me eat it. Samurai battle rice. Because it was a grilled rice rice ball, they grilled. I was like, "I'm here for the I'm here for the samurai rice ball, sir. Please, let's talk about the Yankees while I eat this."
1: That's amazing. And it was
0: like I I had a real real affinity for this Japanese restaurant. It used to be on 59th Street across from Bloomingdale's, and I was always that was my go-to place for my whole life. So I understand. So Japanese restaurants to me are always that's the first place I ate sushi when I was you know we're talking 1980. 1980, something like that. So I, yeah, I think I think also in regards to you know talking about narcissists and stuff like that, I think people who work in the restaurant industry get a better understanding of what it's like to be to work for other people, to to go to be served in the restaurant industry. You know, mostly the time when you're hanging out with waiters, you're talking about hanging out with cooks. They're better tippers. They're more polite. They don't they don't treat the servers like servants. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's become something. In society, we've allowed ourselves to see waiters or servers as something less than a person, mm-hmm. and you create these really, really awful relationships.
1: Right. Um, and, like, it, uh, it, I think it's, I feel like it got better over the time that I worked at the restaurant. I saw a steep decline in work ethic of people coming in to be servers, but right. I feel like oh, yeah, the yeah. customers worst, themselves, worst. like they got better as a whole. And um, to where it, it used to be a little bit more blatant, like you're here to serve me. It's right. like, yes, but also understand like this is my job. Like I'm working yeah. right now. This is a job that I do. Like I, I don't come into your cubicle and snap my fingers at you. Like don't do not do that to me. It's not okay. But, hmm. um, it's, thing it's the, interesting
0: it's it, the, the, the. i'm sorry for interrupting. Okay, go ahead No, it's
1: okay um i was just gonna say that um well now i lost my train of thought <laughs> i
0: fucked you up i'm sorry I first the totally first, first curse of the podcast I saw, i'm so sorry <laughs> you were talking about the decline oh, I of remember. servers shut up okay, i good. remember okay yes, so yes,
1: something that i thought was very interesting it's not even just that people would be like you're a server you're not worth anything but um you know, the, the more that I would wait on the same customers. Cause we had a lot of regulars. And I remember one time, uh, this couple who was always very nice to me, uh, they're a middle-aged couple, and they were like, oh, so what did you do this weekend? I was like, oh, well, I, you know, I actually had um, one of my other jobs is I do production management for the Santa Barbara Symphony. And we had a concert. So like, I was there getting all that done. And they're like, oh, that well, that's so interesting. Like, do you have like a musical background? It's like, yeah, I'm a classically trained violinist. And they're like, I would have never thought that. It's like, why? Like, they don't mean it as an insult, but the very fact that they're like, I never thought that my waitress could do anything other than serve sushi or maybe be a student. Like, it's like, it's it's not necessarily insulting, but it's not a very nice way to think about people. Like they don't have a life outside of this
0: it's a, it's a kind of backhand i'm sure that they were in their minds they were trying to be you know thoughtful but in the united states being a uh you know it's they're not professional you know servers anymore you know if you go to like france or something like that there are guys who are men and women who are professional career yeah. uh you know servers so a lot of times in the united states most people see servers as this is their next job this is their job before something else happens so they're they're not prepared for their for that for that to be i i also think that i mean this isn't going to be a restaurant podcast but i think that a lot of times service has really declined in the in the past yes i would say from in my opinion 25 years the past 25 years services dropped to a point where it's totally different it's totally different
1: there is so. a sense of entitlement that i mean i i'm not i'm not old but everyone right. who came to the restaurant after me because i so i worked there for 13 years and um i was a floor manager and for about 10 years i was the person who trained every single server there and right. like santa barbara is is it's like a very affluent place, yeah. but it's also where a lot of young people come to go to school and then right. leave. And so it's like every couple of years you get a new influx of 18 year olds, right. you have them till 20 or 22, and then you have new ones. And I was just like, it's sad when I have to go up to someone and be like, put your phone away. And if you can't like go through an entire shift without looking at your phone, then you have to put it in the safe. We actually, there was a safe where, you know, the nightly drop goes. And there were some people who worked at my restaurant where at the beginning of their shift, they walk up and hand you the phone and you put it in the safe and go, you can have it after work. It's like high school, yeah. like, come on. That's
0: amazing. It's, well, you know, we've, we are, we've, you know, it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, it, like I said, a lot for a lot of people being, you know, being a server is just like, you know, same thing with being a barista is there's it, it, the the connotation is, is this is a stepping stone to something else
1: which is know? so sad to me because um I mean as a child I wanted to be a bartender because I thought it was the coolest thing in the world and as I, I gained a few more years I was like okay drunk people not fun especially yeah. since I don't drink <laughs> so right. like the more sober I am the worse it is <laughs> yeah um but yeah I I worked at a coffee shop um I was a coffee shop manager, when I was fifteen, I worked five days a week. My shift was five thirty in the morning till one thirty in the afternoon. Um, I was the only person there until nine o'clock in the morning. I saw everyone when they went, you know, came in before work to get their coffee, and it was amazing, and I loved it. Um, but. Uh, it, whenever a new person would come into work, they're like, yeah, I just want to make some money to, you know, right. buy, buy my, my record albums, whatever right. CDs drop and, and nobody took it seriously. Yeah, you, showed
0: your, you showed your age just uh, Your record albums. My record Plenty. albums.
1: Plenty. Um, <laughs> but nobody took it seriously, and that's what I didn't understand is, like, I've had so many different jobs, and some of them are more glamorous and some of them are less glamorous, but that's only from the outside. Like, like, what, whatever you are, be a good one, right? That's the saying. And it, it doesn't matter what you do, but if you can't be proud of yourself in your job, like, what are you even doing with your life?
0: So how do you feel that the service industry has influenced the way you work now? Like, do you think that there's a degree of crossover in terms of how you deal with other people? Or, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if, I, if you have customers, but do you feel like, that the service, your experience as uh, being in the service industry, has helped you now?
1: Um, absolutely. I think that uh, anything that you do in life, if you actually look at it, it is related to everything else you do. And some people are are, are not so in line with that. I had a very interesting discussion with a radiologist who is in charge of interns and she was saying like, oh yeah, you know, it's it's so hard and like dealing with these kids. And they don't want to learn and they just like want to, you know, goof off or whatever. I'm like, yeah, like when I worked at the restaurant, like I was in charge of all the new kids and they didn't want to work. And she's like, no, it's it's totally different. I'm like, no, I I get that our jobs are different. I serve food and you like save lives. Like I totally, I'm I'm not you saying that's the same.
0: You tell people they have cancer. Yeah, exactly.
1: But it's like. But you and I are both managers in charge of young people who are new at their job and our job is to teach them to not fuck up. Your stakes are higher, but our job is the same. And she's like, right. oh, that is not accurate. I'm like, okay, you think you're better than I am. I get it. Like, right. that's fine. You can think you're better than I am and I'll just continue to know that you're not. Um, but I I think that everything, absolutely everything is related to everything else because if I'm... If I'm working at a coffee shop and I know that there's someone walking across the parking lot and they're going to come in here and they're going to ask for a drink. It's like, okay, am I ready to open the cash register? Am I ready to start making the drink? Do I have all my things set up? I mean, that's the same thing as starting a build where you're like, I'm going to build this thing out of wood. What do I need? I need right. screws. I need bits. I need glue. I need this. It's just everything is prep and execution and... Um, if you've never done something before, then you call on your knowledge of all the things you've done in your life where it's like, when was a time in my life where I was unprepared for something or I made a mistake because I didn't know myself well enough. And that it's a it's a thing that people, they talk to me a lot about because of the way that I in particular work, which is unorthodox, like I stand on my workbench because it's easier for me. Right. Like I don't have a lot of upper body strength, so it's easier if I'm over something. I'm... More flexible than strong, so I work in a way that is actually safer for me, and uh, I know this because of all the things I've done in my life—living half up in a tree when I was a kid, or just you know crawling through little spaces, figuring out how I, as a person, do things, not how everyone else in the world does right. it. Right. Um, so I think that the service industry, in particular, it's—it's it's just a study in people. Like, uh, I uh, I was talking to our friend Brett the other day, and I was, you know, telling him that I... You I, mean I, skull, and
0: skull and Spade 13? and Spade
1: 13, a good friend who definitely knows how to pronounce his last name. Um, So I was like, you know, you've been working on so many things in your life before becoming a maker. Like, you know, he has a background in in art and design and graphic design and like um, cinematography. And then he spent all these years learning how to weld and do woodworking, all of this stuff. And I was like, I did none of that. But for me, I've spent my entire life working on my personality. <laughs> like, And it's not like it's the best personality, but you could drop me in a room with any person in the world and I will get along just fine. <laughs> do, you think, do you
0: think that comes from now I, I'm just making assumptions, and, and you know I apologize if I'm making the wrong assumption, but I would imagine that I don't know how homeschooling works, <laughs> but I've always been under the impression that you are not, in uh, we call them when my kids at school we say that she's in general pop.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, so, I totally know what you mean. <laughs> so
0: I would imagine I would, and we know we know a couple. Yeah, you know, listen, I, I would just imagine that when you're finished homeschooling, you almost have to relearn how to deal with people, because you're not around a lot of
1: people, right? So the the thing that I really was culture shocked by when I, after I graduated high school and went on to college, um, was that I never knew how to be around people my own age. And that that was the thing. I could hmm. sit down and have a conversation with anyone who was 10 to 40 years older than I was. Totally fine, no problem but put me in a room with my peers and i was just like y'all are idiots like you worry about dumb things and like all you <laughs> talk about is how cool you think you are and
0: this is the conversation you have with your YouTube commenters.
1: It's, it's, it's kind of true. Yeah, you're like... stupid. You,
0: you guys are all dumb.
1: You are dumb, and your you opinion is people. invalid.
0: Oh, it's so stupid.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I went to like, I went to a chamber music festival, and I was I was the youngest person there, and I made really good friends with all the teachers who I'm like still really good friends with and like there's always a running joke that's like oh jesse's like 13 going on 25 now i'm older than all of them Mm. (laughs) but um yeah i could connect with adults because i wanted to carry on a conversation um and i I took myself very seriously as a child and you know it was always it was always very upsetting to me because for for so much of my very young life i'd get the reaction of like. Pat you on the head and oh you're doing this and that's so cute oh do you play the violin? <gasps> okay, what that, do that, you that, know how to play? <laughs>
0: was that the same person at the sushi restaurant? <laughs> Pretty <much. laughs> was saying, You know she patting you on the head. Wow this futamaki is great. You yeah. play the violin too?
1: Like isn't that amazing? Bless your heart. I'm just like you Bless you are not heart. taking me seriously. I take my violin playing very seriously. This is me at six. And I was like, I practice hard. It's not cute what I do, (laughs) like,
0: how dare you? (laughs) That makes me realize, this is where you're, because when I see your YouTube videos, and you know, you have a lot of followers and you have a lot of people, I know that you're you're, uh, you're YouTube when you're (laughs) cleaning the poop house, you know, over a million million views. (laughs) You've gained a degree of confidence that it's very clear that, I was always wondering, where does this person come from? Because I knew people similar to you when I was in college but i never felt that they had the confidence to be able to do what you do which is diy and expose yourself to uh you know criticism to be in a vulnerable position and i think that th- i was always wondering where that confidence came from and it's very clear that you know from homeschooling to making the transition into being uh in general population mm-hmm. for lack of a better term you've created this hierarchy of a hierarchy you've created something to allow yourself to be confident especially around people older than you and i think that that's very great
1: well said <laughs> i think like my my confidence i have zero confidence in my abilities like i'm super hard on myself there's nothing that i do that i do like extremely well like all of my confidence again and this is something that makes people think that i'm narcissistic is like i have no problem being like I am very confident in who I am, not what I do, but who I am. And so I can go on YouTube and be like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is exactly me and I'm just going to do it. And, you know, a lot of people relate to that. And then a lot of other people are just like, you don't know what you're doing. It's like, yeah, I just said that. Like, thanks for listening.
0: So you're working on the the poop house, you call it, Mm -hmm. and the video is a little... It's I don't th- I think you undersold you know, the the immense amount of work you did a <laughs> you did a walkthrough video with your brother, and you were talking ah, I'm gonna use some of that plastic over there and I'm gonna build something over here and you went through and it's there is garbage everywhere and 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 you're, in the first video we had like had a million views and all you do is clean it up which is awesome <laughs> and I'm looking forward to the next ones. Did you did you learn anything I'm not trying to I know that if you listen to if you should definitely watch Jess's videos and listen watch the vlog because any question I have I had she answers it herself <laughs> which is super annoying to me <laughs> but did you learn anything about the people who live there did, was there something like something you know something about them that was very like ah well they liked this or something that was really kind of a neat experience because obviously you know it's the, it was the house was a you know not well you know it was it was a disaster and there was obviously stuff everywhere um but did you learn something that you like a, did you create like some sort of kinship with based on the garbage that they had? If that's a real thing,
1: absolutely. And and that was part of you know a lot of people were like, oh, you should have just bulldozed it or just like shovelled it into a bag. Um, like I I wanted to go through everything in the house and touch every single item in it because you know it, it had been abandoned for a while. The the previous owner um, died many years ago, or you know maybe not many, but a number of years ago. Uh, but walking into a house where they're, where someone else's belongings are and knowing that, like, you know, by default, they're now my belongings. Like, everything right. in that house belongs to me now. And, like, what, so is, what does each thing mean? And so I, I touched every single thing in that house. And I found photographs and letters and drawings. He was an artist, and he did these kind of, like, little cartoony drawings that with, like, desert scapes and... And I, I kept a lot of them, um, but like I know that he had he had a, a daughter who went on a lot of road trips with her husband because she would send him a postcard from like a different place all over the United States. And there's a little stack of postcards. Like I found them all over the house, and then wow. I collect them all. And they have this little stack of postcards now. Um, and, like, he was interested in so many things. Like, there there are books on auto repair and photography and drawing and sewing. And, like, there are so many different types of cameras. There's a little workshop in the backyard. So this is kind of tools. like a maker.
0: He's kind of a maker, too.
1: Absolutely. And um, it, it's kind of cool because, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not one to be like, oh, he still inhabits the property, but yet he'll always be there. Like, I right. always think of it as, like was Joaquin's house and I'm here now and his name is etched in the concrete of the foundation and um you know there are things there that I'm going to be fixing up and keeping uh, that used to belong to him and now belong to me where it's just like now it's just it's like this just like uh, this idea where I still think of it as like these are Joaquin's things wow yeah it's kind of cool and then also his uh his grandson found me and uh and contacted me and so we chatted a bit and so i'm putting together a box of photographs and keepsakes
0: was it because because he saw you found you on instagram or youtube
1: um i'm i'm not sure exactly how it happened um but i know that he was trying to figure out what had happened to the property um and uh he lives he lives up north from here but uh, he sent me a message through instagram is like like yeah cuz he had, he had googled uh my name and Ben's name cuz they're on the the lease and so he like found me through Instagram I was like wait that's my grandpa's house and uh yeah he's a really sweet guy we had we had just such an interesting talk right cuz like i, I now own his grandfather's house and he's like oh yeah that rv like he bought it in this year and you know so it's 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 been really cool so yeah i'm i'm collecting things he's filling some things in the blanks mm hmm He's yeah. feeling
0: in the blanks of, 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 wow. Yeah. I would imagine that becomes a little bit difficult, too, because all of a sudden it's just like, well, do you want some of this? Stuff?
1: Yeah. I mean, it puts me in a little bit of an odd position because, like, obviously I, w- I want him to, to have, like, all the family mementos, which there right. are a lot of. And, and then I also feel bad because I'm like, hey, I had to throw a lot of things away just because well, they're, I mean, like, I mean, you, seriously, like, you, don't, you, don't, you <laughs> don't want them. Yeah. But, but I mean, it's cool because I, I can only imagine, like, how it felt for him where this house that he visited when he was a kid and now he's seeing it, like, in the state that it became because the, the next door neighbor also like, confirmed, like, yeah, there were a lot of squatters that have been right. there over the years. And there was a building that was on the property that burnt to the ground. Like, it is I saw cinders that. I saw and char. And it's like, but you know that was a meth lab that exploded, like, in the past oh, couple of years. All right.
0: There you go. Okay. All right. Well, I wasn't going to jump to that. (laughs) Joshua Tree Desert. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I'm from New York. I don't know from math. I'm up here in Westchester, New York. I don't know anything about that. It's
1: so fancy. Wait, let me just put my pinky up.
0: That's right. Pinky's up. Well, you know, it's 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 the crazy thing for him must be, especially considering that he maybe went there when he was a kid, was now the renovation is going to be documented on YouTube.
1: Right. I mean, what what a world we live in. That's totally crazy. I can't even imagine like I'm I'm here in this house right now my my parents moved up here in December of 87 I think so like this is the house that I've known my entire life right and um you know just to kind of put perspective on it I thought like what if what if I saw someone like you know, throwing away all my, my parents' right. things and fixing up right. their house. Like, I like to think that I'd be like, well, good for you, you know, but also yes. it's it's gotta be a little weird. And so I have to hand it to, to, to the grandson. Like he was, he, you know, he wasn't, he oh, didn't I act mean- weird about it. It was just a weird situation. <laughs>
0: It's kind of also, I mean, you had your chance and you blew it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I mean, and what so are you gonna, I mean, come on, man. I you have to remind myself
1: the, that, too. Yeah. So. I mean,
0: the think I could have done something when the meth lab was there. You know, it's like, <laughs> if, he's, if he's, if the family knows that there's squatters in there, you know, I mean, come on, man. You had yeah. your chance and you blew it. But at the same time, it's still kind of a it's great bittersweet.
1: Story. It's it bittersweet.
0: It is bittersweet. So. I was wondering if you'd like to answer some questions and some dilemmas from the listeners of the Full Blast Podcast.
1: I would love to. Okay, I have great. answers for everything. They may not be the you know what annoys me want, too because but...
0: it annoys me too because <laughs> I had to really dig deep. I had to. I had all these questions that I was going to ask you, and I was like, all right. Oh, she answered it there. Oh, she answered it there. Oh, she answered it there. But I feel like I'm just. I just decided my uh, one of my uh, favorite broadcasters is uh, Howard Stern, and Howard Stern said when he interviews people, he's changed the way he interviews people because he tries to listen. And when you really listen to what people say, you'll gain access into something new. And I've actually been doing that lately and I feel like it's working. So if you want to send a question, we gotta actually, uh, the podcast, where I'm loaded up through August. I got great guests coming on and if you wanna ask questions or dilemmas, I'm trying to do dilemmas because I'm trying to create this idea of, all right, let's, let's, this will be like you know King Solomon trying to figure out what to do. With the problem, the problem is. So, if you want to reach out to me, you can reach out on the full blast podcast on Instagram and uh, DM me some questions or dilemmas. And if and if if you don't, if you want to be anonymous, I get a lot of people who're just like, yeah, just don't put my name in there. It's like my wife, my wife doesn't like me. Just don't put my name in there or something like that. So I can do, I do that too. So the first question comes from Adam Ciphers. Adam Cypher says, what's the biggest thing you've struggled with?
1: Oh, um, myself. I mean, I, I I know that's kind of, it's kind of a cop-out, but also at the same time, it's, I'm the only thing that keeps me from doing anything. Like, there's no reason why I shouldn't be further along in my YouTube career, if you will. Right. Um, Like, all I needed to do was clean out a house and video it and put it up there. And apparently now people are paying attention. But, um, I... I struggle a lot with indecision and just um, as much as I'm confident in who I am, like I said before, I'm not confident in the things that I'm able to do. So I'll think of something, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to make a table, but I want to make it interesting. So I'll make a table that moves like this and it has a built-in chair and you can also drive it and it makes smoothies and I'm like, wait, I don't know how to do that. So then I'm back to like, okay, I guess I'll make a table. And then I think about it for a year and then I can't come up with anything and so I just do nothing. And that is my biggest struggle: is right. um, that that inability to move forward with something and make it be interesting, rather than trying to think of the most interesting, interesting thing right. ever, and then do that.
0: Hmm. Very interesting. That's the, that's tough, you know. That is super tough, and, and I I totally understand because I I see my my flaws glaringly, and, it, and it's always something that is my biggest regret: is that I'm not I'm not able to. Be more of what I want. I'm, not, I'm, 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 I envision what I want to do, and I want to try to, you know, get there. But i just, I'm just, I fall short of the excellence that I'm hoping for. Which is, you know, what can you do? You just do the best you can and try to get better. Mm-hmm. I don't. This doesn't need to be that woo woo. P.S. All right, the next question comes from Pempo Making. Oh. Pempu Making. Do you know Pempoo Making? Yeah,
1: she's she's uh, she's very involved in in the Instagram community
0: she's from germany and she says i'm recently trying to build my first workbench from an old desk plate and a bunch of two by fours which sound all easy peasy and doable but somehow whenever i think i solved a problem a nice a new solution uh, or, or a nice or sorry about that when i think about uh i've solved the problem and a nice solution for a joint or how to cut the wood the best a new problem turns up first is this normal when do new problems stop arising? How do I break the chain? Then, do you or one of you have similar stories where you thought you'd figure it all out, and boom, a different thing went wrong? Thanks and lovely greetings from Germany. So, do you ever not for, when you <laughs> she's working hard, doing all this stuff, and then she, and then an unforeseeable problem rears its head, and and it's it's a she feels like she's unable to. She's unable to uh, predict that these problems are going to happen. And what do you do?
1: Right. So that's everything I've ever done um, in in the build world and also in life. Um, (laughs) Like I think that's completely normal. And the only way that I learn things is by doing them. Um, So I always have to be very hands on. And I mean, every piece of furniture that I've ever built has come out about an inch shorter and two inches like less width than i meant because i kept making mistakes and had to shorten this and shorten that it's like when you cut your hair and it's like this side goes up and then this side goes up and it's why my hair is actually three different lengths right now but um <laughs> really? oh yeah it's like here and here and here um but that is that is a thing that i think we should all embrace a little bit more is that um we we think that when we get started on things that if it makes sense in our head that it's going to directly translate out of our hands and that's right. that's completely false and um and if i let my mistakes get me down then 5 years ago i would have quit in tears which i almost did because i cry a lot and i get very upset but um i embrace those things like the something that all the the youtubers like we like to support each other by saying like, oh, did your builds not go how you planned? That thing you've never done before that you have zero experience with, like that you just thought up in your head and then created, did it not come out perfect? That's so weird. Like, oh my goodness. It's like, you have to laugh at yourself. Like um, it, it's not the most important thing to make something perfect. The most important thing is that you made the first one right. and you know the next the next thing that you make will be even better and there's so many things that you can't foresee because you see it in your head and then you make it and you're like oh I should have done this that's not a failure that's a learning experience that means that the next time you do it you'll make it better and then see those things that you could have done from there like that's that's just all opportunity and i think that we're we're too quick to say that it's a failure rather than we need to do it once to know what we need to do
0: second time. I 100% agree with you. And the funny thing is, is when I was a blacksmith, I mean, I am a blacksmith. When I first <laughs> When you were a blacksmith I, earlier today. I wasn't a, knife maker <laughs> I was a blacksmith. The blacksmithing had, you know, really is the sign of, you know, when you learn how to forge, you know, you, you think about what you, when you watch what other people are doing or you're practicing and stuff like that you have to like accept certain things there's no going backwards in blacksmithing Mm. so you you have to be ultra organized and i tell this to people all the time blacksmithing changed the way i think of things because you have to be so organized that you have to be able to foresee every different step because you can't go backwards so every heat you know exactly what you're going to do where you're going to put your piece of steel on the anvil, and you have to be way ahead. It's like chess. You you can't just play move by move. You have to have a greater, uh, greater understanding of, the, of what you're going to do, and that way you build confidence, and then you're always more effective. I mean, right now I'm I mean I'm working on a pile of knives, but when I, I sometimes I'll work on a batch of 50, and you really really have to be super clear because if you've gotten all the steps three quarters of the way done. And something you hadn't planned for happens. Now all of a sudden you have 50 knives that you have to kind of retro fix, and it's, it's scary. It's mm-hmm. scary, especially when people have prepaid for them, and you know you you got like you know thirty thousand dollars worth of the material that you got to finish. You know, it's just very much along the lines of, you know, how do we how do we go forward? And I think that, you know, being ultra organized, and that's the interesting thing about like difference between sculptors and, and makers is. You know, sculptors, a lot of times, aren't as uh, organized in their thoughts and organized in in their technique as they'd like to be. And I've gotten more technical about the way I do everything, which has allowed me to become more efficient. But fine, fine. What do you, I mean, I don't want to be, we're being too, we're too inspirational. I don't, it's just bothering me. I hate it. I want to, I want to fool around a little bit.
1: Let's tear someone apart.
0: <laughs> we're going to tear someone apart in a minute. I want one more question Then we're going to go into. I got a game for you. I got okay. a game for him. All right. So there's a leather work. Do you, you do leather working? Don't you?
1: I mean, I have all the tools for it and I've, I've like kind of dabbled, but not really. All right, any well, big this projects. is
0: like a, this is a leather working, but it's also like maker question. This comes from Diego Le Pen. Hey Jeff, here's the dilemma. I'm a beginning leather worker living in Italy, which has a rich history of artisanal crafts and world-renowned tanneries. But despite that, I don't see much interest or appreciation for handmade products. The dilemma is, should I price my work according to what I believe it is worth, adding to the cost of materials a fair hourly rate that would equal that of an upper medium wage worker and risk people not taking my art into consideration because they deem it too expensive, or should I lower my labor costs and make my product more affordable and potentially attract more buyers? Thank you, and keep up the great work. So he wants to know how to price his stuff because it ain't moving.
1: Yeah, that's always a tough one, right? Because, um, I mean, I don't sell anything because, like, I don't think my stuff is worth anything because none of the edges match. But, but, shh.
0: did you shush me?
1: <laughs> yes. You never want to run Outreach. into the problem of like, okay, so I'm a leather worker and there are like five other leather workers in, in my area. You don't want to undercut everyone. Like right. that. That's, that's a terrible thing to do. You don't want to be like, I want to sell my knives. So I'm going to sell them for like $20 less than everyone else. It's just so I can get them out the door. Because that's not doing anyone a service. Like you still... I think we all need to like keep the bar high where it's like you pay a high price because you got something that someone put a lot of time and effort into. The idea is that it'll last longer because you put that focus and effort into it. Um, so. I mean, obviously, especially right now, I feel like the market's kind of fluctuated a little bit and maybe people aren't spending as much as they would. So, um, you know, in in keeping with that idea, maybe you lower them for a while for the time being. And I get that nobody wants to do that. But I mean, like nobody's really coming out on top right now. Right. I I think it's.
0: You keep going. Sorry. No, no,
1: no. You. I was gonna say you go because you actually make things to sell.
0: Well, it, it, you know, it's it, it's super weird, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's a lot of it, and I talk about this on Knife Talk. Knife Talk. I said mife Talk. It's not Knife Talk. I love Knife Talk. It's my favorite podcast. <laughs> that's your that's your next podcast, Knife Talk. <laughs> so I I think there's a lot of misconceptions in regards to how we see business. And I think that there are a lot of people who consider themselves artists and artisans who feel that they should be compensated for their genius. And I believe that, I believe that. I think that, especially if you're a very skilled laborer, I think that you should be compensated accordingly. The problem is, is the the, the mass, uh, the masses don't necessarily understand that. And the masses, it's just not back in the day when you didn't go to a big box store to get stuff, you went to a dude to make it for you, you get your nails, going down the blacksmith and get you the nails it might be a little bit more expensive if the guy makes them by hand I don't think we have that we've we've got we've stunted our our minds in regards to how things are made and how things are are uh, so, uh, sold so I think you have to like both hands I think you need to see well what is what is this worth and I and I, I see that I, I I try to buy as much artisanal things as I can but at the same time I for sure I get restaurant guy friends of mine who are, who are selling this artisanal dish and it was like, you know, a super expensive dish. And I was even like, I know that this is artisanal, but that's a lot of money for a lobster roll. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I'm right. like, I'm sorry, man, but I can't do that. That's a lot of money. So I think that you have to come to the conclusion of, yes, you should pay yourself an hourly ra- a wage that you can make it work. But at the same time, i think that there needs to be a little bit less uh fi- you can't be so finicky in regards to your your um your your the idea of who you are and what you're doing i tend to prefer to move to sell volume i'm not like you know i might my knives are reasonably priced i think that in terms of custom knives they are lower than a slightly lower than average in regards to the price and i like it like that i want to i want to provide people value and what happens is is besides just a good quality product you're also giving good service i learned so much from the, the customer service business that it allowed me to kind of make better decisions and, and i'm getting more repeat customers because i'm providing value
1: right and and i think that that is almost not almost that that to me is more important is like if i get a knife from you and i love it i know where my next knife is coming from right and that to me it like lifts the pressure off of all my knife needs um
0: (laughs) (laughs) lifts the pressure of all your knife needs that's gonna be my new motto
1: (laughs) but i I think that we tend to treat ourselves as being very precious with our like thoughts and ideas and like oh this idea is my baby and i put so much time into it and it's like if i charged people um a price for my creations that is based on the time i put into it Like everything I make would be worth millions of dollars because I'm so bad at it. It takes me more time. So that's something you also have to think about. Like, am I basing it off of like, it's like streamlining, right? Am I basing off of the first knife I ever made that took me four days to make because I didn't know what I was doing? Um, Or is it that each time I get better, I calculate that into the price So you want to find like a happy medium between it took me four days to make this knife. I made this one in, you know, 45 minutes. Where's the medium that, between it?
0: Does that make being a content creator? I don't know, probably, you're probably cringing when I say that. that there's mean, no good that,
1: word. They're all bad. Yeah,
0: YouTuber is the worst. Ugh. And then we're gonna, our next bit is going to be about Influencer. YouTubers. Influencer is the douchiest, <gasps> for sure. Content creator is pretty bad, too.
1: It's, but I mean, yeah, there's it, nothing you're,
0: good. you're in a position now where you don't have to deal with customer service. You're, you're, you're providing something that i'm enviable i'm envious of that because it's nice to not have to have a product you know and deal with customers you know you're you're creating something and then you're able to like you know you're able to build work on this house for however many you know however long it's going to take you to build
1: right yeah so it's it's interesting because um as a content creator the thing that i'm producing you you content, content creator, right? creator because
0: it sounded like something else <laughs> yes. no i'm sorry Terrible but no I mean, if i'm gonna be real <laughs> content creator content she said content creator,
1: creator. okay um I, I, like what what we're producing is a video it's not right. a product like i will build a bed but that's not the product i'm selling what i'm selling is the video um even though i'm not selling anything um but uh it's incredibly freeing in the way that I, you know, I, I labored over the idea of how I wanted the edit for the the first poop house video to go because I was like, this is not anything I've ever done before. I have hours and hours of footage. I want to be able to show the process, but without just showing all of it. Right. Um, and then at the last minute, I was like. I guess I'm not doing voiceover because what am I going to say? Like, here is a piece of clothing covered in rat shit. Like, what do you say (laughs) about it? And so it just ended up being like all edited to the music, which iMovie is not made for that. But um, like there's freedom in that. But at the same time, if you do a sponsored video, which is always the goal then you're selling your product video to this company. You know they're they're saying, "Well, we want this and this," and you fight back and say, "Well, I'm only going to do this." You know, right. so then there that becomes like the client relationship. That um, for for me, I've I've had like two sponsors, and it's been amazing. <laughs> two sponsors in five years, and they've both been fantastic. Like they're just super willing to let me do videos in my style because that's always the worry right like do you want me to play it straight because i don't really do that like it's not interesting for people if i'm like and then i did this i mean just just watch my first videos
0: (laughs) do you think that's because the people who are involved in public relations now for who are willing to uh green light for lack of a better word a youtube video Are probably younger and a little bit more understanding that you know what you're doing let's not tell you too much what to do
1: yes and no so there there are a lot of people who are doing the social media aspect of um, marketing because they're the people who are younger and on social media right but also i i think that a lot of a lot of the the marketing people the higher ups still come from this place of like television ads and magazines like that's still ingrained in them and Rightly so, like you can't, you can't just throw it out the window immediately. But, um, like, I mean, you see like any of the actual Instagram influencers and they're just, they're selling garbage and people are just like, give me more, shut up and take my money, you know? Like, so it's, it's a little bit tough because like, I'm not, all I want to do is, uh, Talk about things that i like like i don't i don't want to take a sponsorship from something that i don't think is great or that i wouldn't use myself and and i've had that opportunity to be like hey thank you for reaching out and offering me money to do this i actually don't like your product so i can't like i can't i can't tell people to use this like i would feel like a terrible person it was like hey go buy this thing like right you know, so
0: we, we differ completely. <laughs> we differ completely. I'm going to fucking sell you whatever the hell you want. It don't matter to me. We actually, I'll tell you a funny story. We're, we're about to, was oh, it really uh, going <laughs> to be a funny t- story? God damn it! You listen to the night. I listen to so, your other podcast. So, so, so we just got sponsored by a, uh, a, um, a grooming, a grooming business. <laughs> they, like a pet
1: grooming business no <laughs>
0: no 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 hey it's a body hair situation oh and like specifically
1: said, body hair
0: oh specific specific body hair wow. this not yeah yeah wow. super specific okay. it ain't arm hair it ain't an arm hair trimmer let me just tell you that and i thought i was like i was like are we going to do this? I'm like, you're damn right, we're going to do it. And they sent us all the gear, and we're going to do a whole big thing on Knife Talk. And you're it's do a live stream
1: hel- where, where you demonstrate. Well,
0: that's the funny thing. Patreon it's like, only. How, you, know, <laughs> I
1: try
0: to, you know, the funny thing about podcasters is they don't realize, they don't under, a lot of them don't have a history of radio. They don't understand the concept of theater of the mind. Hmm. like that. There's So it's just like, so Marek was like, are we really going to? use these things i'm like oh well, i mean I'm, I'm not showing pictures i mean this is a podcast That's this is a not shame. a tv show well shake it easy there you, so i, I think
1: mean, that you're missing a grand opportunity to I really think you're, highlight you're, yourself see, <laughs> now
0: i know why you're a youtuber because <laughs> you need to be you need to be seen versus me where where even in and for 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 the listeners at home i don't really like to I like to see nobody, and I like to nobody to see that me because I'll roll my eyes, or maybe I'll. I can be less guarded when I'm just talking to someone. Mm-hmm. But Jess wanted to see how I, <laughs> I see me, so I can't because she, she's a YouTuber. She needs the she needs to be she needs that audio the visual aspect, and I understand.
1: I like to just so, see you sitting in your car recording a podcast and be more like, and more and more. "Oh my gosh! I yeah, at least bad. I'm doing better than that guy."
0: Yeah, that's for sure. Now, that, this all leads me, the whole YouTube thing leads me into a new bit that I wanted to do and this is gonna be an ongoing bit that I'm really excited for. Because I, I, one of the things we're doing a lot of research in terms of you and your brother, is you guys address the fact that YouTube comments are hideous and i've seen i actually saw that you guys did some video with this woman with the ryobi sauce in the background and you were talking you were talking about how mean people are on on youtube you did a few things you're 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 not afraid to 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 say the mean things that you said to, that they're said to you and the funny part is is i was in only one youtube video that actually did anything it was epicurious uh, contacted me about doing a uh, show called Price Points where we take a look at knives and different knives and, and then compare and contrast and the the idea was they wanted to seem as though I was a knife expert and then I can pick the difference between the, the uh, expensive knives versus the cheap knives. Now, what a lot of people don't realize is that that's not really the gag. The gag is is they're trying to like in, uh, let you learn about things Making it seem like it's a contest, but it's really you're learning about different parts of knives So when they contacted me They I wrote the whole I have wrote the whole episode like I should have writing credits I wrote the whole thing and I got to pick the knives and I you know wanted had the talking points It's not like they went to the American Bladesmith Society to kind of like to check me I could have said anything I literally and I think I did I think I said some things that were You know not nonsense and there's nobody there to check me except for the youtube comic guys so i came up with this idea because you and i both have have this uh we do this thing it's a it's a great trick it's self-deprecation i think we use self-deprecation for our our benefit it's a great way to not feel hurt i think it's a great way to avoid a degree of criticism because you're already making fun of yourself so you're just like i know that i'm not perfect and i'm telling you that by telling you that you know find So, I came up with this idea because I know you deal with a lot of YouTube comments, and I'm calling it the self, uh, the self-depre, the self-deprecation tank. And what it's going to be is, and this is going to be an ongoing bit that I do with other YouTubers, only YouTubers. This is, I can't do it with guys who don't do people who don't do YouTube because this is like boxing. This is like a boxing division. So you are your own division. So, what I asked Jess to do, Jesse to do, was to give me five of her worst comments off of youtube and then i found the five that i think is the worst and we're gonna go head to head one at a time i'll read one then you read one then we'll decide which is the winner and at the end of five and we can talk about them. we i got actually i got so mad i had my intern which is my 15 year old daughter finding them because i because i made a decision i don't want to look at them because i'm gonna it's gonna hurt my feelings and she, she, she got it for me and I looked at them and then I got so mad because there was one that I wanted to beat the living shit out of. So we're going to do that too. So what I'll do is, is because you're the guest, I thought I would go first to give you an opportunity. And the, the strategy is also going to be you are going to have to figure out which one's going to beat mine so you might have to shuffle this is like a game of cards oh this my is like
1: goodness you just this is like you created like a whole new level of of crazy okay
0: well it's because it's like a, it's a st- now it's a strategy because it's a dungeons and dragons card game kind of but i never i never played that either neither have i <laughs> okay so my first submission for the first this is gonna be a tournament it's gonna be a tournament of champions and this is in the and this is a there's a There's a uh, uncollected title on the line, so the end of this is going to be the champion. It's got to be you, or it's going to be me. So off the Epicurious uh, video I did, somebody wrote Alex wrote, and this was not to mention wrote it two weeks ago. Fucking thing had been out for two years, and he wrote it two weeks ago. Somebody tell your boy about the shave from your jaw line down to reduce that double chin trick. So uh, I will say. That I, when I, my daughter thought it was pretty funny because I did leave. I do usually leave a little bit of extra hair around my face because I think that it's going to hide my double chin that I know that I have, but it was extra hurtful, and and that's my first submission.
1: Wow. Um. Can I? Can I just? I I just want to say something to that point. Go ahead. And, and that is. When when you shave the, just the jawline, like to try to do that definition, like you're not yeah. fooling anyone.
0: No, just let, you let your a beard giant do whatever you want it to do.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. come on.
0: Yeah, you're you're not camouflaging that hump under your chin. I, oh my gosh,
1: <laughs> people are just.
0: <laughs> it was pretty funny. You yeah, know, the worst part is my daughter was laughing while she was figuring out which ones to do and it was even more hurtful because it was like she thought they were they were right
1: see this is why i don't have kids (laughs) all right well there you go Uh, just one very judgmental cat um yeah so i i will preface this by saying that the majority of my my stinky comments um come from two things one is my 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 recent poop house video which had so many views that it was just insane and i didn't even read all the comments because you know people are people um but the rest of my super sticky comments are the ones that are on my brother's channel for when i do videos for him because he has such a huge following and uh usually he and i have a good laugh while we delete the ones when people have very explicit ideas of what they want to do to me and it's really interesting having it all be on my brother's channel and he's just like oh my god read this one and i'm like ew that's not physically possible
0: you you certainly don't
1: have to (laughs) so like those are the worst worst but um
0: so you're handicapping me yeah that's what you're doing you're 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 being very kind i appreciate that i I am very easy on me um, I'm
1: going to start out actually with my very first stinky comment Go ahead. that I ever got and uh, it was um, didn't know women could DIY. Dang. And it, it it's just it's so concise and it's so incredibly degrading without being like upfront offensive. Right. And I remember that was the first comment I ever had, that was not a supportive, nice comment. Right. I remember looking at it, How
0: being were you, like, oh is so belittling."
1: It really is. Um, but you know, like like I like to tell people because you know, people are always mostly guys are always asking, "What is it like to be a a, a woman in this like very male dominated field, uh, and especially on the internet?" And I like that they're asking the question, but my answer is always the same. My answer is, you know, I've been on YouTube for five years, but I've been a woman my entire life. Like, there's nothing that has been said to me on the internet that has not been said to my face, in front of people, at my job, or even in some cases screamed at me across the restaurant. Like, coming into YouTube with its toxic comment section, it's not a huge deal. There's most of it is just like, really, really? Is that where we are as a society? That's what you're gonna do? Like to the stranger on the internet is just come and just say terrible things to them? Like, whatever.
0: Well, you know, know, it it is interesting because I have a, a number of friends of mine who are knife makers and they're women. And a lot of times the comments they get on Instagram are why did your husband let you
1: use his tools? <laughs>
0: so uh, it is, it is it is a, it's such a, it's just seems, it's such a waste of energy. And I, and I must say, I'm convinced, I'm convinced that one of the reasons why people leave these messages is they're trying to interact. Mm-hmm. Like I, they're looking for, I think that they're looking for someone to say something. They're looking for some sort of interaction. And it's like. It's just so unnecessary, but it's like they—they're they're trying to. You know, if you got like, you get a million followers, you get a million hits on the thing, and you got eight thousand, eight eight thousand thing, eight thousand comments. You got to figure out a way to that you're gonna get your reaction. And saying something shitty like that, is it?
1: Right. So I, I mean, I think that you actually, like, y- you kind of hit the nail on the head, and that is, so often, comments like that aren't even necessarily meant to be offensive. They are. Right. But it's like when people look at me and they go, so what are you? Like, I know that you mean, what is your ethnic background? Right. But coming up to a stranger and saying, so what are you? And they always do this little hand wave and they look really confused. I'm like, that is not a (laughs) nice thing to say to anyone. Like, it doesn't hurt my feelings. I know what you mean. But in the same way, people just reach out on the internet and be like, oh, I, it's, it's nice that a, a small female can do this when, you know, like I am a, a large man and I do this and I don't know how you do it. It's like, OK, you're you're belittling me yeah. and I don't even think you mean to. But most of it just comes out of ignorance and the impulse to talk to someone and just not having any idea how to talk to another human being. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Totally crazy. I give round one to you
1: well,
0: thank you. because I'm also the judge. <laughs> so round that one works. goes to you. You did a good job. Thank that you. was quick. I'm telling you why I'm going to have a reason why. The okay. reason why is it was short, concise, hurtful and obnoxious.
1: And my first one. I was so proud of it. Yeah.
0: And it's your first one. I'm you super can't see I, 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 all he says. Is, hey, man, you got a double chin. You know, watch out. You got to just shave a little bit differently. It was actually quite nice. He was trying to help me. He's like, you got to look at the, come on. You got to look at that old trick. All right. My second submission is from some asshole named Layput. And he says, I'm not a knife expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I can guess which one of these knives are cheap and which one are expensive. This has got to be the most insulting joke about knives I've seen in a while. He's angry. He's watched the whole 16 minutes and he's mad. I don't know. I don't know why, but he's mad
1: why do people like they're they're so personally affronted yeah by there was, something that has nothing to do with them
0: <laughs> there was there was a lot of people on this video who were furious that they thought that they got it they thought that the people from price points made it too easy on me and then they pulled me off the street and I went all you know and then the whole I did the whole 16 minutes in one take it was It was six hours of filming. It was six six hours of filming, and I had to write it because we only had seven hours in the sound stage. So we had to be as succinct as possible. It wasn't just like let's just try to trick them. Trick them. They needed good audio. So, so that's my so that's my first. That's my second submission. What What's your second submission?
1: Um, So my second submission is this was on the cone table. Which love that that, (laughs) table. When I when I made it. Ben was like, okay, so you realize that this is the one that's like going to put you out there to be like, hey, people are going to make fun of me. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got this, Ben. You've been making fun of me my entire life. Yeah. Uh, so the comment from James says, I am so confused. That is the least functional project I've ever seen. The cone looks ridiculous.
0: Wow. That is so obnoxious. That's a, and also, that's a preference.
1: Well, and it's also just. I didn't
0: think it. I didn't think it looked ridiculous at all. I thought. But it, was it does look
1: a, ridiculous. It is a table that has a traffic cone sticking through it. It's supposed yeah, but, to be ridiculous.
0: But here's from a sculptural p- standpoint. I'll tell you why it isn't ridiculous. Oh,
1: he's an artist. You
0: have contrast in shapes because of the cone, and then the the L, which is very you know <laughs> angular. Mm-hmm. You have contrast Clean in lines. colors. You have contrasts in shapes and you, the geometries and the different and the juxtaposition between the colors of the cone and the wood. I don't think I think as a sculpture, I think it was a it would be a successful visual form. So just saying it's ridiculous. See, that's the problem when you're talking about art. I was told back in the day, if they, they all t- and during a critique, they would say to you, well, what do you think? And you say, well, I think it's cool. And they li- they light you up because that's not really a description of what you're seeing. So when I saw immediately saw that I thought that's a very cle- it's it's also a very clever uh use of um this found object and how you make it sturdy and how it fits incorrectly. I loved how you did that. I it's a it's a in I devalue, uh and uh James is out uh, yeah, out to lunch and he's wrong. He's just wrong from a from a design and structural <laughs> critique. He's incorrect.
1: I mean I I agree, but you know James has a very lofty opinion of himself. I, for me, it got to me because he's like, "That's the least functional thing ever." I was like, "No, it's not. It's a table, and it functions as a table." Like,
0: yeah. I don't know who. Uh, what do you? Who do you think wins that round? I think I'm gonna
1: give it to you. I don't you. know. I, I kind of feel like you may you may have snuck that one by me.
0: Okay. I'll take it I'll take it we're one-to-one all right (laughs) the next the next one and I'm I'm saving a couple good ones for the end but uh, you know that's the other thing is especially if you're going first you can't you you can't knock it out of the park all the time okay um (laughs) this is just a funny one Dan Moscato said I wish I could get some full tang I thought that was funny, especially when my fifteen-year-old daughter read it to me. She (laughs) laughed. She said, "This guy says he wish he could get some full tang." There was a lot of tang jokes. Tang was one of the... people didn't people didn't. And apparently, I was when I was referring to the boning knife. I said, "You call it a boner knife?" No, no, I, I didn't fall for that old gag, but I did say. But I did say when coming to a boning knife, six and six or seven inches is all you're gonna ever need. Oh. There was a lot of there was a lot of, and I didn't even think I meant it that way, but the internet liked it. But thank God, thank God, I didn't even say a boner because that would have I, that would have been a, you know, you know, double chin guy talking about <laughs> like, a six six, six or seven boners. inch boner. <laughs> That's not good at all. That doesn't help anybody. Oh
1: my goodness!
0: All right, what do you got?
1: Um. So this one. Okay, so this is on the poop house, where like probably seventy five percent of the comments are the same, and they're just saying that's not a real hoarder. Um, so, the one that I really, I mean, I like this one a lot. Ben Ben Richards, he's a prince of a man. He says the title is an outright lie, and I hate the bind where such things can't be called out without YouTube detecting engagement but know that almost everyone who sees this as their first link of yours now knows you to be dishonest. Whoa. That was like, I I got my knuckles wrapped on that one.
0: Seriously, that is, there's people... He spent some time writing that. And he, how, he, he had he, he had outrage. He, he,
1: he acknowledged had, the fact that he's like, I hate that this means that like YouTube is now like people are engaged and and you're getting all this good engagement. He's like, but he felt so strongly about how I needed to know that he knows I'm dishonest. That he had to write that follow up to that because I just saw this today is a woman named Deb who responded to him and said, yeah. as I often read comments prior to watching the video, I just want to thank you for the heads up and will therefore not bother watching. Cheers, smiley face. Whoa. She reads the comments first.
0: That's crazy. I, you know, that does, that makes 100% sense to me because I feel like there are a lot of people are just trying to be like comedians on the thread and they're just looking for like be, to be other people to be humorous to them, and this reminds me. P.S. Um, this totally reminds me. This exactly. This she she he's hijacking your shit. And this weekend I was making pickles and uh, kimchi. And I always, when I make anything, I always go to the New York Times first because their initial recipes are always a good starting point. And I started to read the comments on the New York Times uh, food recipes. These people are 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 ruthless. You, I don't think YouTube commenters have anything on on the on the food recipe ones. The, every kimchi one was my mother's Korean, and it This they don't use soy sauce, and this isn't even kimchi. I don't know what you're doing. But the pickle woman. Now here, I'm gonna get. This is how simple this pickle recipe is. You take Kirby pickles, you boil some uh, two tablespoons of salt and two cups of water, and then after you boil it, you take two cups of ice, pour it in the water, and then you let it cool. Then you put the pickle, the the cucumbers in the jar, a little bit of garlic, a little bit of dill. You pour the the brine over it, and then you let it sit. That's it. She wrote, "This recipe's too fussy. <laughs> this recipe's too fussy," and then put her own recipe on see this is why you youtubers I got lucky because she now hijacked this dude's pickle recipe put her own recipe on and now there are all these scumbags who are hijacking these but in the comment section they're changing they're giving you their recipe don't read this recipe here's mine right in the comments (sighs) can you imagine too fuzz too fussy too fussy I'm, I'm gonna give you the win on this one because I like how in, enraged he was, and his enragement so helped thankful. somebody else. Yes, <laughs> he, he the, was very the healing, very one person helpful. in the world
1: who reads the comments before she watches the video. I mean, I was just astounded by that. Like Deb, you have problems. You should get <laughs> De- them looked at.
0: De- Deb is crazy. Deb, De- they, these, need help. anybody, I, I think that. Do you ever do you ever write on people's YouTube pages? Um, just encouragement, I would imagine.
1: <laughs> I do. I mean, um, so for the people that i follow i i don't always write comments because i i always feel weird being like hey thumbs up like i don't know yeah. i'm not really that encouraging of a person from afar like <laughs> up close i'm like oh my gosh this was amazing um but i, I do I your pity
0: thumbs up yeah
1: so it's like i watch videos i do thumbs up um i have in my much younger past given videos thumbs down but that's not the person i am anymore because that was right. me just being like you think your 5-year-old kid knows how to play the violin? That's not. You know, I was totally that person. And not that I was wrong, but um,
0: It took you to do make your own videos to realize that.
1: You know, it wasn't that it was more like why why are why am I just being mean? Yeah. Like why why would I do that? And there's um um a, a guy I know took his his I think then 10-year-old daughter to a sports ball game for the first time. And he was like, now this is important, so I want you to listen. We cheer for our team, that's our team, and we cheer for them. But we don't boo for the other team. We are not people who boo the other team. We cheer for our team, Yeah. but we're not the people who boo the other team. And like I don't, good. I don't necessarily think that booing is wrong, but the,
0: the... <laughs> you don't believe... you told her you're wrong, Dad. I know it's
1: like you're terrible. I mean, like you're I I, I love, love trash kid, talking boom. an umpire at at my cousin's softball game when we we're teenagers, yeah. but I love that idea where it's like we're not the people who put people down; we're the people yeah. who raise people up, and like there's no very reason good. to go and be like, um, I don't like your style. Boo. <laughs> it's like, so just don't watch the video. Like, I, I mean, good. I don't, what do you want from me? Hand-holding?
0: I'm giving you, you won that round. You won that round. So now we're two to one. And then let's use, let's go into the, the so th- now I got my two best ones. Okay. I got me two my best ones. Lay it on me. This is a double. This is like two guys having a conversation about the knife, the okay. pr- uh, price point. Uh, This is Modern Bladesmith. And I'm going to ask the listeners of (laughs) the full blast podcast to attack him on the YouTube because I, I can't do it. All right. So modern bladesmith, this is some bullshit says there is, um, he's, he, he, he points at a time, a a time slot where I talked about a knife being 52, 100, or I talked about a knife being carbon steel, which is a steel that can be patinaed and rusted if you don't take care of it. And he wrote five Oh five. That's the part, I guess that's when it, uh, there's nothing in the steel to keep it from rusting, and then he, and then and then the the, the camera pans over 52100 high carbon steel. Me, cough, cough. The knife expert doesn't know that 52100 is a corrosion-resistant high carbon low alloy steel containing high levels of chrome, and then his brother or buddy emoji uh, Elmo Jojo Elmo Jomo El, El- El- Elmo Jomo, or I think Elmo Jomo. <laughs> Elmo I think he's going to be Elmo. J- like Elmo that. Jomo says, "Amen." There's so much wrong with this video, and then the, and then the modern blacksmith says, "Elmo Jomo, it makes me sad." Sad face, knife expert. Huh? And then Elmo Jomo, Elmo Jomo says, "No doubt, YouTube is filled with so much misinformation, but it makes people feel enraged and tricks them into thinking they're learning when in fact." They're just filling their minds with bad info info that's worse than not knowing anything and then Modern Bladesmith says Elmo Jomo (laughs) Elmo Jomo, I agree that misinformation is worse than ignorance Listen to me Modern Bladesmith and Elmo Jomo. You two motherfuckers are so stupid. It's shocking I want you all to write if you go to the price points YouTube page I want you all to write you are the stupidest person on this feed 50 to 100 for sure will patina and rust and i'm telling you this because 52100 steel is my favorite preferred knife steel for carbon steel all my knives are made out of carbon steel and they're all used 52100 if i grind a knife with 52100 and dip it in water and put it on my table in two minutes i'm going to have rust on it the other thing is, is I do what's called a forced patina, where I take mustard and I speckle the knife with the forced patina with the with the mustard, and then it leaves a patina that allows me to force the patina onto the steel. It only works on high carbon steel knives that can accept acid and raw and rust. So this motherfucker has no idea what he's talking about because if it was, if it was resistant to water and 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 acid, it wouldn't fucking patina or rust. Elmo Jomo, Modern Bladesmith, you two motherfuckers are the stupidest people on this whole fucking comment list. I dis I dislike the fact that you say I'm providing bad information because you two motherfuckers are providing bad information because you're stupid. You're on the internet, you're not doing anything, you're watching something and you're not doing something. If you guys have a shot, I don't believe Modern Bladesmith I think Modern Bladesmith should change his name to Modern Idiot, and I'm fucking mad at both of you for being for saying that I lied. I never lie. There you go. There you go. You're not gonna win this one. You can't. You can't win this one. You already won
1: this one. Yeah, I
0: don't think you win this one, <laughs> Elmo Jomo. You motherfucker. You. If I, I dare. So if you're listening to this, and and and, and, you, and you, please go on and tell Elmo Jomo and Modern Bladesmith they're the stupidest motherfuckers on this whole comment sheet and I wasn't going to curse, but Elmo Jomo got me he re- mad. He
1: really brought out the best in you. <laughs> Elmo, Elmo Jomo.
0: God damn it. Oh right. my gosh. Go ahead. That's, Go ahead. That I was beautiful. It's <sighs> um, <I get> so <laughs> mad. This is the reason why I don't read the comments because I'm just like, duh, you can tell me, everyone said my, my fucking fingers are disgusting. Everyone told me I had the fat neck and I look like uh, you know, like a, a homeless uh, Chris Pratt or like, I didn't know Vince I said Vaughn. you looked
1: homeless the other day. And you know what? Fine. but You know what? Sunset Forge, your good buddy, sent me a, a laughing face emoji because I called you homeless. It was amazing. Fine first message vaughn. he ever sent me and we were laughing He's, at your expense it's that's fine
0: that's fine. i can accept it I, I don't have a problem with that but but you can tell me all those things you can tell me i don't know vince vaughn made knives you fine <laughs> i don't have a problem with that you can tell me my, my everyone would say look at your figure their figures are terrible no problem but don't tell me i'm lying about 52 100 steel because i work with it every day so that's one. go ahead i dare you i dare you to beat that one
1: i i, I mean you know i can't Good.
0: You have more volume of, of, of comments than I do, I would imagine.
1: I do, but the thing is, like, the vast majority of my trolls are so uninteresting. And there there were a couple that I I, I think got deleted, like not by me, but I couldn't find them. <laughs> and I was disappointed. So I know which one is gonna be my last one. Okay. But this is one, this is one that just made me angry uh not even in the like outright way like like your very righteous anger that you had that was glorious by the way i love it when you rant um this one was on okay so backstory i went to germany last summer um because laura kampf did a project called the 10 makers project and she flew a bunch of people in from all over to do build projects at her new shop that was just getting set up and, um, it's like, you know, Steve was there and Al and Brett and, um, Ellen from Crafts with Ellen and, uh, Habu and Jenny Swiss and Kel. I mean, it was just like, it was amazing. Cause these are all people, like we were all together at Maker Central. We all knew each other and we're like, yeah, let's just go for like this one week. We'll all camp out at our place and build things. Um, so this comment is on the screen printing press, uh, Like shelf table that I made, Um, and it says, "It's so true that women feel they don't have the right to take up space." She's working on the floor in a badly lit corner, giving the job done with no ego. I was so insulted by this. Wow! I was so insulted by this. This person. There's so
0: many backhanded
1: comments. I know. So this person also went through and made a comment on like everyone's video, all on all the guys' videos. It's like, why aren't you helping the women? And on all the girls' videos, it's like, you're so noble, and no one's helping you. And I was like, who the fuck are you? you th- Get you away that, from me.
0: Do you think that they were? Do you think that this person was trying to be complimentary in like a kind of a white knight situation, yes. where they're trying to be like, it was very much along the lines of like. I'm gonna say something very, you know, I'm putting air quotes in a feminist because they're gonna think, oh, you know, you know, you'll notice I didn't ask you what's it like being a woman as a maker. I actually had a lot of conversations with my wife and daughter because I was just like, what should I not say? And they're all like, <laughs> well, don't ask her about her period, you <laughs> idiot. You know, that's my my, my fucking. My was like, my wife and daughter were like, yeah, go ahead, I dare you ask you. my like, God damn it, you guys are so stupid. My wife and daughter weren't me helping through. me at all. They weren't helping me at all. They were like. You, maybe you should ask you how know, like going after <laughs> yeah. and I'm like and then they had this whole bit going so i can only imagine that 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 kind of feeling of um they' they're, they're looking for some sort of like it's a white knight situation
1: for sure and like and, and they think that it's they think that it's complimentary in some way. And I was like- They're trying to pick
0: you up too. I I mean, that's a, that's a pickup
1: line. For sure. And I'm just like, (laughs) don't, don't you dare tell me how I feel. Oh, this is another thing that I love about YouTube comments is who are they talking to? Yeah, Like, do they do realize that like, this is a video I made, I'm the person in it. You leave a comment for me to read. And they're like, look at this woman. I'm like, look at myself. What are you, who are you talking to? Like. I'm. Oh, she has no ego. She's working on the floor. Shut up! I have plenty yeah. of ego, and I work on the floor because I want to. Like, yeah, you're comfortable. Stop there. telling me how downtrodden I am. I'm doing great. <laughs> like, ah, wow.
0: so bad. So
1: grossed out.
0: So, who do you think wins that uh,
1: round? I, you, you win that one because there's
0: just on passion.
1: Well, I mean,
0: just on just, I kinda, went a long way on that up. one. I beat it up. But I, beat I gotta it up. say,
1: like, um, I. I, I dodge a lot of things by being like, hey, I don't know anything. Guess why yeah. I use plywood? Because I can't use anything else because I'm an idiot. You know, well, so I, I get to dodge a lot of things. Like the minute you don't even have to say like, I'm a knife expert. But the minute you stand in front and say, here is a thing, then everyone's like, um, well, actually, it's not a thing. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a stuff. And you're right. like, oh, who are you?
0: <laughs> well, that, it, 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 honestly, in the Epicurious video, I was just like, do you have to say I'm a knife expert? Like, can I just say I'm a knife maker? I know. And like, I hate well, that. you know, you're the closest thing around here. I mean, it's not like you can find a lot of knife experts in Minneapolis. Like, like, all right, we're not fine.
1: grading on a curve.
0: Yeah, they're like, just go with it. <laughs> but, just shut up and go with it. But
1: yeah, I mean, to me, the worst thing you can do, like, you can call me any name you want. Don't ever call me a liar. Right. Like, uh, that, th- that is I, that is the worst dude, thing you can do.
0: That I, I that was the reason why I got so mad at that those guys because they're basically saying that oh this is guys giving bad information when i i'm not it's i'm not using it from i don't use even on knife talk i really dislike the concept of being you know some sort of expert i just want to fuck around on the radio
1: yeah
0: or the podcast so i really be i'm very very careful when i don't know something and i, and I mean I, and I mean i'm like i have no idea i i want a whole episode where, where craig and Morecco and i just say i don't know the whole time. I just want to be, have no idea. I want us to do no idea the whole episode.
1: I'll write you a whole list of questions. They'll all right, be all about go. periods. <laughs> oh,
0: well, P- yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't know. I know. You are. Another period question, <laughs> Craig.
1: You're
0: going to have to feel this one. Oh, geez. Who's the expert
1: in this realm?
0: <laughs> They're both a bunch of periods. Those two <laughs> fucking guys. All right. So I was trying to be PG-13, but fine. All right. So I'm going to take that one because it also makes the game a little bit tighter because now we're four to four with this is the last round to find who's the champion of this uh, this game. So I'm going to go with my last uh, submission is from Cougar Poacher, which right off the bat seems (laughs) like this is he's telling me something. Mm -hmm. He he Cougar Poacher says, "Uh, I trust a man's opinion because his fingers look like he went to third base with a pencil sharpener. That's clever that's my daughter read that to me. It's clever it's clever it's the of all of the like clever ones that dude was obviously creating some sort of comedy show right like on the on the feed and I appreciate that, that that's the most clever of the comments. He went to my daughter read the to me sure. she was, she's like this one her eyes open up she's like oh this is a good one this is wait till you read this one and my daughter's saying yeah I one looks like I went to third. Dad, you look like you went to the third base with the pencil sharpener as an uncomfortable moment in our kitchen fine
1: I, I think that like that one deserves to be like a sampler or something that you put up on your wall
0: yeah that was a that was about as clever as it gets it wasn't hateful so what do you got
1: mine's hateful
0: oh <laughs> uh, good, good 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 Um,
1: so I know you know this, but YouTube comments, the thing that is worse than the thing that they say is knowing that there's nothing you can say to it. Like, you know, I, I will respond to some and make fun of them. I, I did a whole section in my, um, in a, in a recent video about how I'm like making fun of the mean comments, but the thing is there's, there's no recourse and they know it and that's why they do it. And, um. I know you've heard this one because it was also in that video but this is probably my my favorite mean comment from susie she sounds so sweet susie Keane, bitch <laughs> i agree with you about him this was this was in response she had written a couple of things and a couple people had written back back but she says in, in regards to me showing the previous owner's name on camera yeah, which right. i felt i did in a very respectful way yeah. she feels different she says I think it was her intention to shame him because she was pissed off about having to do all that work, or it was a form of racism. Either way, it was an aggressive action on her behalf. Um. This woman called me a racist, and that you know was
0: crazy. you know
1: why she thinks I'm racist because the previous owner's name may or may not be of a Mexican background, so. Who does that make a racist
0: seriously Joaquin Phoenix I mean you know I mean uh, that is that is definitely that is a, that is outrageous I, It's outrageous that she would go to that extent it's like totally outrageous
1: she's and, and the thing is too like when you're commenting on a YouTube video it's like you this is your opportunity to direct it to the person be like hey um, are you trying to do this? Or, you know, if you're a good person, you send them a message to be like, Ooh, I don't know if you realize, but the thing you said might have been taken a weird way. Like, we don't need to be well actually, but that is like the grown up thing to do. Like when I saw an Instagram post of this like fashion company and they had this girl and she's very waif like and she's wearing this flowy yeah. thing and she's like, Oh, standing with her hands like this. The way she was standing just this one little finger was poking out from behind her leg. And so yeah. it looked like she had this tiny little penis sticking out. And like <laughs> that was the only thing I could see. And I was like, I know they don't mean it mm. like this. And I sent them a message and knowing that they're never going to respond. But I was like, hey, I don't know if you know this. It looks like she has a little penis. And that's now all I can see. Like, I mean, how many times do we look at things and mm. we don't see what other people are gonna see because we're looking for, okay, so this seam is matching up and she's wearing the right color lipstick and, and these are the shoes. Oh, she's got a little finger penis and I felt so bad because <laughs> it looked so terrible. Um, but I didn't comment on their, their post and be like, <laughs> your model's got a dick. Like, I mean, that would make me an asshole. <laughs> I sent them looks. a private message. Be yeah. like, I'm just trying to t- stick your tag back in your shirt. I'm telling you, you have food in your teeth. I'm not it announcing it. It was very thoughtful.
0: It was very thoughtful. You have food thoughtful. in your teeth and a very small penis.
1: <laughs> no judgment. <laughs> I think,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the you're gonna be you're the winner. You're the winner in the champ because I like the fact that this person was clearly super mad at you for their perception of what they thought that you were doing. Because that's what it is. Yeah. It's not like it's not like there was anything other than, I mean, you see kind of like this house, that there's degree of poverty, there's a degree of hoarding, there's maybe, but you don't necessarily, you can't make a judgment to what the, the person is based on, especially considering you're in California where they have crazy names everywhere. I yeah, mean, exactly. they have all sorts of names Every. I mean, these some of these people name their kids after fruit. Oh, I mean, God. let's be clear. Like, you know, let's just be clear that I think that just because of the name I think that's a stretch and it seems as though it's an unnecessary thing to say
1: yeah and like uh, there were a few comments that that were also along that line where they were like yeah this this chick seems like she's really mad that she has to clean up this mess I'm like no this is my house like I chose yeah. to do this and they're like there's like you um you better be getting paid a lot or, or you're probably getting paid a lot to do this and I'm like I don't get paid anything
0: like people say people say whatever the, it's like there's uh, the expression of the uncontrolled id where mm-hmm. it's basically you say you you know you're shooting from the hip and you're saying whatever's on your mind without any repercussions and you know the people just say whatever the hell they want and it is incredible and it is a old you know an old bit where we just say you know they just say whatever the hell they think and if you saw them in the street they wouldn't say it but it is true you know so I, I don't I'm giving think you the any... ch- I'm giving you the belt. You're the first champion. You're the first full blast podcast self uh, self deprivation tank champion.
1: That's quite, quite a name.
0: Yeah, and you're gonna have to defend it against the next YouTuber that comes on because we're gonna play it again.
1: Okay. So well, we'll
0: I'm fi- to figure out how it's gonna work. I'm gonna or have to I, maybe, do a better
1: job of um, keeping track of my sorry, well, my Well, look,
0: see, you're the. It's the first is never the easiest. Now there's a target on your back. I know. So we're gonna. I I'm gonna have to so. figure out how to do it. Maybe I might have to. Maybe I might have to have some sort of tournament against me versus other guys, and then or other people, and then then we weed it out, and then I have the two winners come on, and we have a head-to-head to find the, the, the you know you, you need you need true opponents. You can't just I can't just willy-nilly, you know. You need true opponents. I did want to read you a couple um, of uh, um, honorable mention <laughs> honorable mentions on. My, I had a couple honorable mentions that. I felt needed to be read. They weren't they're not necessarily winners, but they're funny. Please. One guy says, "I feel like a 5-year-old could have done this video. Come on." <laughs> Come on. Come on. Um, this one, uh, this is from Nathaniel Vutke. "Man, he's really creaming his jeans over that knife there, huh?" <laughs> that's a funny, that's a funny <laughs> thing to say. I heard creaming my jeans in a long time. And then uh, another guy says, "Come on, serrations are for bread, fool." That's uh, Sir Underbridge. <laughs> and then this Kim, Kim says, This dude looks like he stole someone else's fingernails and glued them onto his own fingers. Oh! So, Kim, I'm with you Kim, oh, and then, and I'm gonna, and I forgot, the last one is from Lee Warren, and he says, your mammy has a full tang. Oh! (laughs) You went after my mom, you went after my mom, you went after my mom, poor, poor mom, but she didn't need that, Lee Warren, that was mean and cruel and unnecessary.
1: don't talk about a, a bladesmith's mom. Come Fine. on,
0: they didn't know. It just you know, it was like your mother got combat boots or something. So, is there anything else you want to talk about? Or we're rounding third. You were fantastic. You're fantastic. I'm, I'm super super excited to see what you do with the with the poop house. <laughs> um, it, I, it's it's I it's honestly honestly I was very very uh, anxious. Looking around, at all the work that had to be done. Because I, I, I would hate to have to do it, and I'm, I'm very glad that a person like you are, are, are doing it with such great uh, cheer. <laughs> I was gonna bring something up that I decided not to, but I'll bring now it up. Now you're anyway. going to anyways. Yeah, now I got to. I, I like to. I make jokes to you about you, you. One of the things that you do is incredible, but also as a germaphobe, makes me weird. <laughs> but that's just me. Is you've trained these wild chipmunks. To, to to hand feed them, which is incredible. But every time you do it, I'm always, my, my wife who's a, who's a nurse practitioner and is also a germaphobe, has told me that certain varmints have, carry leprosy. So I always send you a message saying, you're gonna get leprosy. Now I was gonna bring it up, but it seems as though other people bring it up too much to you, so I decided I wasn't gonna give you trouble about it. Yes. Huntavirus, they're talking about getting a huntavirus. The
1: huntavirus, so um, first of all, Gary is a white-tailed antelope ground squirrel, not a chipmunk, okay. and second okay, of sorry. all, he is known for carrying the Black Plague and not leprosy, so Dang, suck it. so much
0: stronger. <laughs> Dang, you blew me out of the water. I'm not worried about an ear falling <laughs> off anymore. I'm worried about you starting the Black Plague over again.
1: Yeah, so that, Dang. I mean, that, that has On on the very rare occasion in Utah, a child gets bitten by a white-tailed antelope ground squirrel and gets the Black Plague.
0: Are you seriously?
1: Yes. That is a true, true fact. Because I thought the Black
0: Plague was from the, like, the lice from the rats. Fleas, yeah. Fleas, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, and these, so, these suckers got There a are separated.
0: cases of black plague.
1: I mean, in this cases, country? like saying cases, like feels well, a little bit. Cases, could, high. Be cases could be two. I know. It could be, but that's not what you mean. <laughs> there are cases. Well, I'm
0: just, you know, now I'm even, I was like, I'm not going to give her any trouble about the goddamn leprosy because everyone's giving her trouble about leprosy, but I didn't realize we opened up black plague.
1: Oh, yeah, black plague. Um, but more often than not, um, the comments I get are from people being like, you shouldn't feed the wildlife and like, that's illegal. And like, and a lot of people are under the misconception that I'm in the Joshua Tree National Park feeding the wildlife, which is illegal. You should never do that. But at the same time, like in this, like as suburban as the Joshua Tree area gets, like it's a neighborhood. These are all squirrels that live under people's decks and houses and eat their garbage. And garbage, eat garbage. yeah. Um, they live on average for one year.
0: So you gotta work hard to get that trust. So <laughs> you know, they, their trust is very I mean, fleeting. They're, they're like,
1: <laughs> if I'm feeding them peanuts, like it's not gonna like fuck yeah. up the ecosystem. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> no, I, appreciate, no. I appreciate. I appreciate. I'm I'm not Come one on to be buddy, like. You don't have a lot of time. You know I <laughs> you eat this peanut. I don't feed him Cheetos. Uh, it's it's peanuts, and I always put out water yeah. for them. Yeah. And uh, so I I do get like every couple of months I get someone who's just very upset with me wow oh yeah people get do you
0: think people get more upset with you because you're a woman or because the things that you do is that is that a question I shouldn't have asked (laughs) you are such a man (laughs) I wonder I wonder because like I'm, I kind of mansplained you about leprosy, and then you mansplain me back about the. You double down and manscaped explain me about the. Damn, you almost
1: manscaped. <laughs> wow, well, um, that's
0: gonna be our. That's gonna be
1: the, I know. I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Um, so, I, 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 I can I can mans, mansplain you into a corner. Don't think I can't.
0: You certainly did. You one up <laughs> me with the black plague. So do you? think... I mean, that, that is. I'm. I felt guilty too because i know i dm you you know funzy. oh you're gonna get leprosy but now i didn't realize you're getting it all the time for people
1: no actually like it was pretty funny because i it was probably the first time like you responded to a story of me feeding gary and all it said was lep like l-e-p and oh, i yeah, was yeah, like yeah. lep and i said like what? Or like weird shrug emoji and you were like le- le- lepley or something like that. And I was like what does this mean? I was literally googling it. I think I, have spell it. I, you, think it, I couldn't it have said it. said something like lepley. I
0: think
1: it. <laughs> I was googling I, it to be like is this is this a term that I just don't know? And right. I was like I don't know what you're saying.
0: I think, oh. <laughs> that, I think that I had a hard time spelling it because there's this uh, there might be a C or an S in my, my auto it was like too, I was spending too much time trying to write it out. And the autocorrect wasn't helping. Yeah, so autocorrect. Just, is like you don't lep. usually say leprosy. She'll know lep. She'll know. Le- what could it possibly be? Leopard? No, so, nah, she's gonna know it's leprosy. Yeah, <laughs> it was I, really obnoxious. I really
1: like tried to deep dive Google right. that because I'm yeah. like, this is an inside joke that I don't There's get. No, I don't want to look stupid and ask, what does leply mean? You, you
0: should have. <laughs> I, I am. I'm telling you this now. I am not deep. I am not deep at all. I. I am very very. Well, I know I'm, that I'm old, <laughs> I'm old and shallow. I'm old and shallow.
1: Um, oh, but before I forget, going back to your original question um, about what it's like to be a girl. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> ben also gets the same type of comments at a higher volume because his, his viewership is higher. So um, it's not uh, this particular type of stinky comment is yeah. not aimed at me because I'm female um, is, is what I think.
0: Maybe it's because you're from California.
1: I mean, it could be. Like, every time <laughs> I visit, um, like, when I do my road trips, I, I now have a habit of, like, stopping and visiting other makers' parents, even if they're not there. And <laughs> it's like, hey, I'm your kid's friend from the Internet. Um, do you want cook cookie dinner? <laughs> and the people in the Midwest are like, of course. But then they're always Whoa. like, you're not, like, a, a vegetarian, right? I know you're from California, but you're not, like, a vegetarian yeah. or the other one who doesn't eat anything, right? Like, yeah. you, I'm like I like my. I, I will eat hot dogs and rice every day until I die. Like, right. I'm, I, I'm not a vegetarian. I can't be. it would be fine.
0: so sad. Fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're just a traitor to your state, but that's fine.
1: I'm okay I mean, with I, that.
0: We, we in our house, we, we do primarily uh, plant-based So we, we, I do, I do, I had some barbecue last night and I'm paying for it. But other than that, you know, I, I, I tend to, honestly, who cares? Jesse, you (laughs) were, you were fucking awesome. Way better than I expected because I just... I just i didn't know you and now i feel like i know you and our listeners know you and i feel like i asked questions and i got to know you better than the other podcasts that you've been on (laughs) That's see that's what you that's what you have to be competitive if you're on a podcast radio people have to be competitive so i feel like i've given you i've given you my best interview of you and that's debatable but i really appreciate you being here and you're my friend and you're the the champion I'm like, You're the new champion.
1: I was so excited when you were just like, oh, so yeah, like, do you want to be on the podcast? Because I was just reaching out because I thought your story about your grandfather was super cool, like, to me personally, because he played under Toscanini. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. That yeah. means
1: something to me, and then you were like, be on the podcast, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah,
0: cool. <laughs> cool. Well, you're great. You listen. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly writing down the people who are going to come back, and I'm hoping you're going to come back anytime you want. I would love. I gotta get, to. To get a. I gotta get, get a few. I gotta get, get through a few people towards in August, but I definitely would love to have you. You're welcome on anytime you want.
1: Yeah, if you ever, if you ever need a filler, if if someone has to cancel, let me know. What I will always is. jump right in.
0: What a great compliment. That's such a great compliment. It means okay. you had a good time. I, well, I'll tell you t- I might take you up on that. Might take you up on that. I appreciate it. So Jesse Weta. Is that the correct pronunciation? Oh my God, I've been that was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. I I was saying I was, I was saying I was fucking it up before, but now I got it right. Jesse Weta. Yes. You can find her on Instagram, i Jessup I'm sure you're already there. Mm-hmm. You can fight. Please watch her YouTube because her YouTubes are great. And she's, I think it's very, she is a very wonderful spirit that I'm glad is out in the world. That's what I have to say. Seriously, seriously. Don't fucking cry on this podcast. Seriously, seriously, this is not a crying podcast. Please don't cry. But I'm really glad that you're here. I'm really glad that you're out there. I enjoy watching everything that you do. I wish you only the best of luck. And I'm looking forward to what you do in the future. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: All the time. Anytime. All right, guys. Follow me on Instagram. That's uh, for the Full Blast Podcast. To DM us uh, questions or dilemmas or if you want to just get in touch with the show. S- listen to, on iTunes and s- uh, subscribe and leave a review. It helps me very much. And that helps you. If it helps me, it helps you. So I'll see you next week. We've got another guest coming in. And we got a pile of guests piling up all the way through August. And we'll see you next Friday on the Full Blast Podcast.